I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life that I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught, find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle, and then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd, and today I have with me my friends Burke and Rivka. How are you today, Rivka? I'm doing great. Awesome. Today is one of the days where we talk about invitations. Have you been working on any General Conference invitations? Yes, I have. Well, I've still been working on my um, sort of intention of or being intentional about trying to see the work that other people are doing around me, the service that they're providing and feeling gratitude for it and expressing gratitude for it. And um, just last night at um, one of our book clubs, this topic came up. Mm. Um, And so then I got to talk with some women that I really admire about the importance of gratitude and how recognizing and being appreciative of um, the the work, the way that the work and service that other people provide lifts us and buoys us up. Like we just all got to share and talk about that, and it was so amazing. I was like, "Oh, this is exactly the thing I'm working on." And all these other women were have been doing very similar things, and we shared how that was blessing all of our lives. So I thought that was pretty awesome. That is totally awesome, and. <laughs> How much better than getting around and complaining about people who aren't <laughs> doing what you want them to do? It's so, true. Fantastic. I love it. Well, good. Burke, how are you today? I'm doing quite well. Um, and you're going to ask me about invitations, and I definitely yes. have ones that I should be working on, and this week dropped the ball. So nothing new to report. I will okay. reorient and uh, recommit myself in the coming week. Excellent. Um, I'm right there with you. I've made no progress on any of my extra church readings that I have for some reason keep committing myself to over and over. And um, although I did think a lot about Rivka this week as we've been studying Revelation. Rivka, have you been mm-hmm. doing any particular study? Um, I have been doing, yeah, well, I studied come follow me and had some discussion with my kids. And then I've been doing some deeper personal study in the first um, five chapters. And yeah, it's been wonderful and enlightening. And despite the fact there are still so many things I don't understand and questions I have, I appreciate the fact that um, the spirit has the ability to teach Regardless, it almost feels like of what the text is that you're working through. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, right. he's like, here's the message for you right now. And you're like, of course, that's what this says. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. Any particular resources you found helpful? I know this is a challenging, like much like Isaiah, challenging section of scripture for people. It is. Well, one of my favorite resources, I, I've used it before and I kind of go back to it, is um, a book called opening of the seven seals by Richard Draper. Oh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. He's, um, 
uh, I think he's, I'm sure he's retired now. I think he's in his eighties, um, retired professor of religion at BYU. And he wrote a book. So it's not a new book. I mean, I've had that book since I was in my teens. So, uh, but it is kind of like my, it's just my ride or die. The one I always go back to. So if anyone's looking for, <laughs> for help on that, Richard Draper's oh. <laughs> opening the seven seals is the one. You should read it, Todd. I just down- I downloaded it as we were talking. Did you put it on your list? But you're not going to read this list. week. Uh, I get to them eventually. Um, I know. But I'm still just laughing that Rivka's Ride or Die is a book <laughs> called Opening the Come Seven on. Seals. My Ride or Die for studying the book of Revelation. Oh, not like oh, okay. just life in general, but well, maybe life uh, in general, depending on... <laughs> How seriously do you take the, you know, the story of the history of mankind on this earth? Indeed. Oh, <laughs> so funny. Well, um, I have, you know, I, I honestly struggled with Paul, which is a lot of what we did this mm-hmm. year. And it was a challenge. And I was sort of dreading Revelation, but I have loved it. And a couple resources I've loved is there's a podcast called Talking Scripture, I think is what it's called. Two guys, they've been going chapter by chapter. They have been on fire um, this week. Um, And then follow him with John, by the way, and Hank Smith is always a good one. And then there's a good um, New Testament series that BYU published where they sort of retranslate the original Greek and then have a commentary. So it's just called the new Testament commentary series. For some reason, they only have like Mark Corinthians, Hebrews and revelation or something like that. But that's a really good one too. It's that one's heavy and involved. It takes a lot of time, but uh, it's a good one. So anyways, fun. Well, um, once you're done with that, uh, Rivka, um, you know, at the end of the year, then maybe you'll have time to go ahead and write my book for me. So I would appreciate if you could <laughs> sure. it's the next turn your attention to that. So mm-hmm. yep. <clears throat> awesome. Well, we are going to move on to our talk t- for today, which is called Brothers and Sisters in Christ by Elder Ulises Soares, if you're from Portugal, Soares, if you're from Brazil, um, of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And really, this whole talk is about treating all of God's children with respect and abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice. So we will start with Rivka today. What was your fundamental doctrine from this talk? So I don't know about you guys, but I had a really hard time finding one that was like short and clipped and to the point because every time I was like, this is it. It's like a paragraph long. I'll give you a hint. You just need to find... Elder Nelson quote. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was the other thing I was like, sometimes I was like, oh, this is it. And then I'm like, oh, that's from president Nelson. I was trying to find something <laughs> from other yeah. Suarez, but um, yeah. So uh, see, I'm still struggling. Um, but this paragraph, I'm just going to read it at the beginning of the talk for me is like the fundamental principle that he's talking about. The gospel of Jesus Christ teaches that we are all begotten spirit sons and daughters of heavenly parents who truly love us and that we lived as a family in God's presence before we were born on this earth. The gospel also teaches that we were all created in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, we are equal before him. For he hath made of one blood all nations of men and women. Therefore, we all have divine nature, heritage, and potential. For there is one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in us all. 
I felt okay. like that was the basis of this talk. Like he's going to go on and talk about prejudice and racism and stuff. But for me, the fundamental principle or the fundamental doctrine is we are all children of God. We are all from the same heavenly parents. There is no difference in that for any of us. I love it. And often we use that principle to teach love, um, that they love us, right? That we are loved mm -hmm. and we belong. And I love that it also applies in how we treat other people. So mm -hmm. um, how has that principle, Rivka, one that I know you've internalized for yourself, how has that impacted how you treat other people in your life? Um, well, I, I think it, me well, I, it means that I have been able to create friendships and, um, relationships and be blessed by and enriched by so many people in so many different avenues of life. Um, and, and have been able to learn from them. And I, you know, they from me, because that's how it works in relationships and everything is better when we view the people around us as, um, as equals. But what I really mean is as, um, as valuable as God considers them. Mm. I like it. That is fantastic. And your son, gave a wonderful testimony that um, a few podcasts ago that I found to be really touching. And I'm sure um, some of your influence and, and Burke's influence was in that testimony, as you just talked about. So great. Well, let's go on to Burke. Burke, what was your fundamental doctrine? And was it a President Nelson quote? It definitely was. <laughs> no <laughs> surprise. Also, right? I think I marked as much invitation if we go like on words marked oh, yeah. as I did mm. anything else here. And so for That's me, I, I felt a call to repentance. So my central doctrine is an invitation and a President Nelson quote. <laughs> he said, I call upon our members everywhere to lead out in abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice. I plead with you to promote respect for all of God's children. Mm. And that led me this week because I feel like you can't talk about this particular topic without talking about um, implicit bias mm -hmm. or things, <laughs> things you judge without knowing you're judging them. Right. And so uh, for ever, for those who are listening, if you've never um, Googled implicit bias, bias test, I invite you to do it. Um, <laughs> you can he head over to Harvard's implicit bias page. And if you believe that their statistical um, way of doing this tells you something, and I happen to believe that it does, you will quickly find that you are not nearly as neutral or as even handed as you probably think you are. Yeah. And so I did a, a fair, I've done it before as I knew it existed, but I did some more of it this week and yeah, I have a long way to go. I know where I think I am, and then I know where the implicit bias tests tell me that I am, and I don't really like the discrepancy between those two things. Yeah. So what do you do about that discrepancy, Burke? How do you improve something that you aren't conscious of? I have to believe that this is another one of those things in my life that I'm going to have to really apply the gospel fundamentals and just pray that the atonement of Jesus Christ and the constant working of the spirit in my life is going to somehow fix me on this one. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. 
I I like what you said there about that implicit bias, Burke. I thought of that as I read much later in the talk. He said, such attitudes have their roots in pride, arrogance, envy, and jealousy, characteristics of a carnal nature, Mm -hmm. um, which are totally contrary to Christ-like attributes. In sociology and psychology classes that, um, you know, they, they make you go through an undergrad in med school, they talk about how this is like a shortcut for your brain, these these implicit biases and um, these attitudes of, of prejudice that you might not even be aware of. It's like your brain doesn't want to spend the effort to evaluate every single person on their merits and your experience with them. So you sort of lump everyone together, even if you don't know that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, even if you're not being overtly racist, your brain is sort of clumping people together in a way that if you were to examine it closely, like with one of these implicit biases tests, you would not be happy about probably. Yeah. Um, that's our carnal fallen nature. So maybe the only way to overcome that is through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, there was a talk and I should have looked it up now that it popped in my head. I believe this was elder Packer a very long time ago in which he said that a, what is it? A study of the gospel will change human nature quicker yes. than study of human behavior will or something to that effect. Yep. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess it always comes back to the fundamentals in the atonement, right? Um, But it's really true. And um, we've been given this invitation by our prophet. So it's something we should focus on. Um, So let's go back to Rivka. Rivka, what other quotes stood out to you here? Um, Let's see. Also, initially from President Nelson, um, he said, it behooves each of us to do whatever we can in our spheres of influence to preserve the dignity and respect every son and daughter of God deserves. That was from President Nelson. And then from Elder Suarez, in reality, human dignity presupposes respect for our differences, which I thought was interesting to think about. Uh So... (laughs) <laughs> our our gauge for ourselves of whether or not maybe we how comfortable we are with treating everyone with the same amount of dignity we could take a look at how well we respect our differences and that would give us a pretty good reckoning great thank you so is he saying here human dignity presupposes respect for our differences basically you cannot treat someone with dignity without having respect for our differences. Is that how you right. interpreted that? That yeah, yeah, that is how I interpreted it. And the better, the more respect we have for um, what we may perceive as differences between us, um, the more capable we are of treating those people with dignity. Okay. So what if let's, let's take race and religion and nationality out of it? And you just see another person who you know is a son or daughter of God, and you're like, what they're doing is just stupid. The, their difference from me, because mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it that way, is stupid. So mm-hmm. clearly not a Christ-like way to think about it. But how do you approach that situation to try to rectify it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So do you mean like someone who's on the road who I clearly think is driving like an idiot? <laughs> is that no. like a situation you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't thinking that, but thank you for making it so very personal. <laughs> well, I mean, I was hoping maybe broadly applicable because I feel like that's she's going to give us a concrete example. <laughs> yes, right. Concrete. <laughs> so at 345 today on the I-5, <laughs> is that what you're talking about? Were you watching over that? No. So there, um, there was a commencement talk that was given by uh, an author and essayist named David Foster Wallace, and it was given at a smaller college. And the name of it, in case you want to Google it, is "This Is Water." That's the name mm, of it. Love that uh, one. Ha- yeah. yeah. I and Kirk actually introduced me to that talk. Did by he? The way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> in it, he kind of brings brings this idea up and he's talking about being as he's driving home and he's frustrated and, and he's using, this is just a hypothetical situation. Um, and he's like, you know, and I see this person and I see that person and, and his encouragement for them was to try to find a reason that they may be behaving that way or that they may have made that choice. That's something you're not dealing with, you know? So it's like when you're looking at them, one of the things he says is like, when you're seeing them driving this gas guzzling hulk of a car, maybe what you don't know is that they were in a terrible car accident. And the only way they're able to begin driving again with the help of a therapist is to be in something (laughs) like that, you know, or or maybe the reason that person is so frustrated in the grocery store is because they're concerned about someone at home who is sick with cancer. And so his whole point is, we have to actually consciously take a minute in that situation to say, I think that what they're doing is stupid, but maybe the reason I think that is because I have no idea why they're making that decision. And maybe if I was dealing with what they were dealing with, I would be making the same decision. 7, 10 p.m. I love it. Fantastic. It's a bit like we talked about, um, I guess, a couple of podcasts ago about gratitude. You sort of train your brain to find the positive or, or maybe not the positive, but to look on the bright side for that person. Yeah. And I mean, kind of to the point you were making earlier, I think our brains as a way of trying to categorize or to deal with all the information we're taking in, we very naturally try to make people two dimensional. We try to strip the detail away and strip the, the facets and the, and the dimension because it's hard to categorize something that is complicated and humans are complicated. And so this is really an effort in allowing ourselves to see someone as, as more than a two dimensional being and accepting the idea that there are facets to them. We don't understand Yeah, and allowing for that. And I think that practice is what allows us to treat them with that human dignity, because instead of treating them as an object, we begin treating them and trying to understand them as a human. Right. Love it. Thank you, Rivka. Um, Sister Barbara Morgan Gardner, who wrote a book called The Priest of Power Women, gave a great story about this when she was recommending people for callings to the bishop. And he sort of kept saying no, kept saying no. And uh, she was really frustrated with the bishop. And it's pretty easy to criticize our local leaders like, well, why would you do that? That's dumb. Mm -hmm. You know, and what you're saying about understanding their situation. So she was out on a walk contemplating this. She came to an intersection and there were two kids in the intersection who were on scooters or bikes or something. 
and the younger one had like fallen down. So the older one was on the ground trying to help the kid up and get them back on their way. And there was a car just sitting there waiting for them to go through the intersection. And another car pulled up behind the first car and couldn't see the kids on the ground trying to get back up. So he starts honking at the guy at the intersection and like flashing his lights like, what are you doing? Let's go. And, uh, you know, the guy just patiently doesn't respond. And eventually the kids come out from behind the car, get up so he can see, you know, the second car can see them come out from behind the car. And then he sort of sheepishly like held his hands up to say sorry. And uh, she in that moment had this the spirit whisper to her, you know, like the bishop is in a position where he can see more than you can see. Mm-hmm. So you need to have um, patience and faith and trust the process. And mm-hmm. I, I think I, I experienced that in medical school. I don't know if you felt this way, Burke, where I finally was had some really intense experiences on psychiatry rotations and things where I saw these kids who had gone through terrible things. And I was like, of course they are like this because they had these things that I can never understand happen mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we do have choice in all things, but our, our circumstances play a massive part in how we are shaped, especially as kids. And it gave me a lot more understanding and empathy of the dignity of people who maybe aren't making great choices, but um, had lived through some terrible things. I don't know. Have you experienced that Burke? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that a hundred percent. Medical school was, uh, you know, because I came from a conservative background with, you know, a very nuclear, I would say kind of old fashioned family and then, you know, went to church schools and then, yeah, I went out to Virginia for medical school and was introduced to the fact that just because I saw the world a single way did not mean there were not infinite other ways and valid ways to see it. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Well, anything else to add to that discussion, Burke? Um, I would follow up with another invitation from uh, President Nelson. All right. Let's <laughs> do it. Says, the creator of us all calls on each of us to abandon attitudes of prejudice against any group of God's children. And like Todd asked earlier, you may be wondering, this is me now, what can I do to actually do that? And I will go back to Elder Nel- or President Nelson's quote. And he says, any of us who has prejudice toward another race needs to repent. and i would i would go ahead and throw in there all the other things that um elder suarez lists here and i don't remember where he says it but you know race gender sexual orientation socioeconomic status opportunities for learning background i mean you could throw anything in there yeah absolutely 100 percent and by repent i mean actually go through the repentance process for this you know recognize a time you've done it feel shame about it, or at least guilt, talk to God about it, ask him for help. I don't know of another way to fix this because again, you can't see the water when you're a fish. So Mm -hmm. you need help. I think um, one part of the repentance process for this Burke um, that I have found very effective is spending time with or serving those who maybe you had this attitude toward. Um, So if you, yeah, if you discover that in your heart, maybe it's a one person, you know, that you feel that way towards, or maybe it's a group of people, um, all the people, groups you just discussed and others, um, integrate yourself with that person or those people, and you will quickly, it sort of short circuits that 
that shortcut in your brain. And all of a sudden you go, oh, these really are people. They are yeah. sons and daughters of God. And it, yep. and it takes away that little shortcut. Yep. So, okay. Well, I think we can keep going with invitations because there's so many here. Rivka, did you have another invitation and or promise? Well, sure. Um, it, it's attached to a river <laughs> that he talks about, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Is it Iguazu? I don't know how to pronounce that. Do you know? Uh, Okay. Iguazu. Yeah. Iguazu. I don't know. There you go. That river flows through southern Brazil, he says, and empties into a plateau that forms a system of waterfalls known worldwide as the Iguazu Falls. One of the most beautiful and impressive on God's creation of, of God's creations on earth. Considered one of the seven wonders of the world. A colossal volume of water flows into a single river and then separates forming hundreds of unparalleled waterfalls metaphorically speaking this phenomenal system of waterfalls is a reflection of god's family on earth for we share the same spiritual origin and substance derived from our divine heritage and kinship however each of us flows in different cultures ethnicities and nationalities with different opinions experiences and feelings Despite this, we move forward as God's children and as brothers and sisters in Christ without losing our divine connection, which makes us a unique people and a beloved community. And then here's um, the invitation. He says, may we enjoy more the spiritual kinship that exists between us and value the different attributes and varied gifts we all have. If we do so, I promise you that we will flow in our own way as does the water of the Iguazu Falls without losing our divine connection that identifies us as a peculiar people. And then he says, as we continue to flow this way during our mortal life, a new day will begin with a new light that will brighten our lives and illuminate wonderful opportunities to value more and be more fully blessed by the diversity created by God among his children. I love that. Yeah, I just love it. So Rivka, that was a long sort of metaphor and invitation. Mm -hmm. Can you boil it down to a single sentence or two for us? Sure. If we choose to um, embrace and appreciate the divinely created differences in everyone as human beings, our lives become richer. Hmm. I love it. And that only makes sense as you add in more experiences and and more varied, you know, diversity into your life. Yeah. He says earlier, he's talking about people for whom, who do not have this vision um, and whose hearts remain hardened by the belief in the inferiority of those who are different from them. He says their limited view of others actually obstructs their ability to see who they are as children of God. Hmm they themselves yeah so it when we can embrace that understanding and see our vision opens not just to the beauties of those around us but also to who we are right mm-hmm. okay that's that's an amazing blessing right to expand yeah. our own idea of self yep i do like how he said in there without losing our divine connection um you know burke was talking about these infinite varied and, you know, valid ways of, of viewing the world, it's pretty easy to get lost in that and go from one end of the spectrum to the other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's sort of the Incredibles thing where if everybody is, you know, special, then nobody is. Um, 
and then all of a sudden everything is equally valid. Um, so it's important to not lose that thread. And it goes well with our last talk too, right? Like to hold to that mm-hmm. rod still mm-hmm. and hold tight to the gospel of Jesus Christ and our divine identities, but also respect these other um, experiences and and opinions and um, treat everyone with respect and dignity, whether they agree with that or not, without losing our own center and core. So, okay, well, one last promise or invitation, uh, Burke, you have anything else for us? We are invited to walk together peaceably with our hearts filled with love toward God and all men, or as Abraham Lincoln noted, with malice toward none, with charity for all. Mm -hmm. And I believe the blessing comes about a paragraph later where he says, united in purpose, we see one another with new eyes. And in our oneness, we celebrate our differences as divine children of God. And that's such a beautiful blessing. So beautiful. I don't think I can add anything to that. So I think we'll end there. Um, and with that, we finish the Saturday evening session of conference. Oh, I can hardly believe it. I know. And our next talk will be a tender one, given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. It is Praise to the Man by President M. Russell Ballard, um, who at the time was acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and has re- and since passed away. And um, actually, someone has just been called to fill his seat. I know. So... Um, this will be interesting to re-experience this talk, uh, knowing that it was his final testimony. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so on Instagram and Facebook at Words of the Prophets Podcast or emailing us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. So thanks everyone who listened. And until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.